Okay. So how different is light and dark? It's not a trick question. Uh, they're very different, aren't they? Yes, Sam? They're opposites, yeah. They're, you know, they're like night and day, really, aren't they? Or like chalk and cheese. But we'll keep with the light and dark for now. But they are completely different. Uh, slide before that. There we go. I don't know if you can see that very well, but uh, you probably can't see the dark side very well, but that's part of the point, isn't it? And if we were to put that in terms of our lifestyle as followers of Jesus, how different is it meant to be being a child of the light from being a child of the dark? In other words, what visible difference does it make to be a follower of Jesus? Because Jesus said that we are the light of the world, and uh, he also refers to us as children of light. So that seems to imply that there's going to be a difference between what we used to be and how the world operates and the way we do things. So I hope that makes sense. Do you agree? Yes? One or two agreeing? Good. Because actually that's really foundational of the rest of what we're talking about today wouldn't make sense at all unless we agree on that. So we're going to have a look at the next slide, please, because we've got from the Bible, James chapter 2, verse 14, where it says, What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say goodbye, have a good day, stay warm and eat well but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? So you see faith by itself isn't enough. Unless it produces good deeds it is dead and useless. Now James isn't saying here that Paul got it all wrong uh, because Paul talks a lot about faith and we know that we are saved by faith in Jesus and not by the things that we do. So that's, that was what Paul was emphasising. But now James is taking the next step in the journey in our walk with Jesus. Uh, when we have faith, the faith that saves us, what does it then look like after that? Because it's more than just a golden ticket that will get us into heaven when we die. What does that faith look like in practice? Well, it should be the difference between night and day. Because our faith should cause our lifestyle to change. Our lives should reflect our faith and be radically, noticeably different to the world that's around us. And I don't think God wants us to feel pressure from this, but to see it as an invitation to enter into life, to enter into the good things. Just, uh, no, go back a couple, we're not on that one yet. Uh, back again, back again. We need to keep that up for a moment, please. But you can see in the background, there are good things in the daytime, aren't there? There are good things, there are blessings to enter into. And um, God wants us to leave that darkness behind and everything that's associated with it and enter into life. And that includes letting go of old ways of thinking, uh, old emotional responses, things that we believe about God, about ourselves, about the world, 
assumptions that we have and those inner changes will bring about lifestyle change in uh, two weekends time we've got finding freedom and in finding freedom we go behind the scenes of everyday life and we look at things like rejection and repentance and ungodly beliefs and soul ties and generational inheritance and look at the things that that we that affect us things baggage that we carry that then affects the way that we behave I don't know if you, any of you have any hot buttons that can get pressed or is it just me that has them uh, I know there are a couple that um, uh, I react to quite strongly and they are there because uh, I carry a broken image of Jesus rather than the full image and things like finding freedom help us to get rid of some of that broken stuff and enter into the full daylight of what Jesus intended we know that God loves us don't we um, so I'm not going to go over that again but part of God loving us means that he, he knows he understands what it's like um, Jesus knew what it was like to stand out um, just you know read the, the accounts of his life to read what he went through Jesus knew what it was to be rejected to have people turn away from him and he knows what it's like to be you uh, he knows all the idiosyncrasies that we all have and uh, he understands so for example he understands the exhaustion of having young children he understands the challenge of the menstrual cycle the emotional and physical challenges of long-term sickness the emotional overload of financial pressure the exhaustion from long hours of setting up a new business or developing something new and so on he understands he knows what it's like and he doesn't leave us to do this all on our own and in all of that we want our actions to be shaped by our faith and not by our feelings and that's one of the biggest traps that our society is facing at the moment it's based on Freudian teaching which has largely been rejected by psychologists as being um, well most of it probably 90% 95% of uh, Freud's teaching has been thrown out but it's still getting stronger in society which is a bizarre thing and because we are part of that society even followers of Jesus can fall into that same trap of following our feelings rather than following the truth so let's come back to what the Bible says uh, about the truth and let's follow that even when we are emotionally exhausted we're confused we're lacking vision we don't feel like you know whatever it may be that we need to do and God loves us he will help us if we let him now when you think of compassion ministry I don't know what comes to mind or as this passage says at the beginning there uh, it talks about helping those who have no food or clothing I don't know how you feel whether some of you feel a little bit guilty or overwhelmed by it unsure of what to do um, it can be quite a, a powerful area of ministry that 
some people jump into and some people back away from. And the assumption of most churches seems to be that uh, in this area we're talking about helping the last, the least and the lost. The uh, you know, people on the street, homeless people, people with addictions and, uh, and so on. And that's not what this passage is talking about. Because it says, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. Now it's not wrong to minister to people outside of the church and to help people who are homeless and all that kind of thing. It's a fantastic thing to do. But actually this passage and the majority of passages in the Bible are not talking about that. They're talking about caring for people who are believers. The household of faith. Because that's where it starts and we need to make sure that we care for each other within God's family. Because if we don't do that, then anything we do outside of that really is, uh, I think, lacks integrity. It lacks foundation. Uh, If we can't care for each other, then um, that's a, a bad place to be. So, but we can, which is a good place to be. And so the question for each of us this week, and Julian, we are now on to the next slide, please. And the first question there is, how does Jesus want my life to look? And how do I need to be different in my thinking, my beliefs, and my emotional responses? Okay, so we don't need to dig right the way through the Bible to see the Bible is calling us to live as children of the light, that our faith is meant to look different in practice from the people around us. It's a very simple thing, but the, the rubber hits the road with this. In reality, in practice, day to day, the way I treat people, the way I treat people in church and outside of the church, the way I... Um, mentally and emotionally react to people does that need to change to be more like Jesus because those underlying things our thinking our beliefs and our our emotional responses those are the things that will cause our behavior to change and then people will see that we are people of the light and as I said that's what we're dealing with in finding freedom it's then seen in our behavior The next one, please, Gillian, is how do I care for fellow members of this church? So you might want to ask yourself as a way of of looking at that, who's not here today? Uh, I don't know if you noticed that when we gather together, who's not here? Uh, As a church leader, I'm always very aware of it, Uh, not because I'm ticking the rotor or anything like that, but I'm, I'm just concerned. Why is somebody not here? Now, I know somebody's having a birthday lunch today, which must be a long lunch because uh, they're not here. So I know they're okay. So that's good. But there are other people who are not here today who uh, they might be ill. They might be discouraged. They might be struggling with their faith. They may feel overwhelmed by anxiety or other things. They may have challenges in their family. And we, as God's family, need to care for them. And so, this is a question that we need to take away with us 
during the week and actually do something about us about it um, and just contacting someone whatsapping them saying how can I pray for you is there something practical I can do to help uh, it really doesn't take very long does it um, but it can be powerful to encourage people and to support them okay so those those are two questions for us for this week I'll email them out so you've got them because um, I know it's very easy to leave the meeting and to forget about everything that was said so I'll be on your case this week to remind you um, of those things from that passage now we're going to completely change track um, and uh, a different verse from the Bible we haven't got it so you can just leave that up thank you but uh, the Bible we all know says eagerly desire spiritual gifts especially that you would prophesy and so that is something that we need to grow in something we need to become stronger in now we know that the primary way that God speaks to us is through the Bible everything that we sense God saying needs to be tested against the Bible but God also speaks to us in other ways including uh, through our thinking and through our feelings and typically in that area God uses uh, words that come into our mind he uses pictures and he uses feelings to speak to us so what we're going to do in a moment is ask God to speak to each of us uh, I'll give you all a piece of paper you can have two or three if you like and uh, we're going to write down what we think God is saying and then just fold up the piece of paper and give it to somebody so you don't have to even give what you think God is saying in public so these are just you know easy steps for us today and you may get a word and as you write the word down you may find you get a phrase and as you write the phrase down you may find you get more than that you get you know uh, a little bit more something longer you may get just a picture uh, you may get a series of pictures or a video sequence that's another way that God speaks or you may just get a gut feeling and just uh, just go with it like that that's the primary way that God speaks to me uh, it doesn't sound very spiritual but it's very real very powerful so just write it down and ask God who to give it to or you can ask God who do you want to speak to and uh, then ask him to give you something specifically for that person we know that uh, prophecy is for strengthening encouragement and comfort and so we're going to limit what we're doing today to those three things if you sense God giving you something that is directional or correctional for somebody uh, in other words something like you need to move house you need to change job or anything like that then uh, that doesn't come under those three headings um, but it might be from God and so if it is we want to take that seriously so anything that is directional or correctional you give to a leader Mandy and I would be very happy to receive those we'll pray over them and then if we think it's appropriate we'll we'll give it out not every prophecy is given to be given sometimes they're just given to us so that we can pray over them and uh, pray for that person in that situation so uh, good prophecy is powerful to build up bad prophecy is powerful to destroy 
So we're just going for strengthening, encouragement and comfort. And kids can do this as well. Um, so uh, if I can just get that one out. So I've got some stick figures here, uh, a male and a female. And uh, you can ask God, is it a man or a woman or a boy or a girl that you want to speak to? And uh, once you think you've worked that out, you can ask God, maybe does he want to heal them? And if he does, then you just mark on the body uh, where you think God wants to heal them. So if it's a problem with their knee, then you can put a circle or an arrow where you think the knee is, because you can't quite see them on here. But um, Or you may ask God, um, is there something else you want to say to encourage them? And then you can write that down as well. And there are parents here and other adults who can help you with that. And uh, some adults may find that helpful as well to, to use those. Uh, so there's paper and there are pencils that we're going to pass around. Um, on those um, stick figures you can also ask God for uh, particular clothing or hair colour or if they've got hair or anything like that um, so that you know who it is that it, um, this special word from God is to be given to. Uh, back in November I was um, being prayed for. Somebody came over and they said they saw a sunrise as they were praying for me. Uh, so they had a picture of a sunrise and they thought that it was that God was going to bring some new things this year and uh, so I was encouraged, I felt strengthened by it, just a very simple little picture but it had a powerful impact upon me. Another one that really made me smile was, um, some of you know I was given a puppy for my birthday last year and uh, she loves to, apart from tearing around, she loves to sit at my feet and watch the sunlight coming in through the window and uh, looking at the little flecks of dust um, that are coming in, uh, in those shafts of light that look golden. And occasionally she'll even play with them. She'll try and pounce on them and, and bite them. Well, same prayer time, guy I'd never met before came over to me and he said, uh, God's going to bring leaders to sit at your feet and play in the dust. And the dust is golden. And I just thought, I love God's sense of humor. Now, if I was to say, God's going to bring leaders to me and they're going to sit at my feet. Now, that could sound a bit arrogant, but um, I just love the way God uses things that are natural to speak of spiritual things. So even if you get something that sounds a bit weird, don't worry. Feel free to give it. We might get it wrong, and um, if you do, that's, that's fine. Don't worry about it. That's the way we learn. Okay, so we're just going to pray briefly ask God to speak to us and uh, then grab a piece of paper and write down the first thing that comes into your mind. Um, God speaks to everybody. You may think that God never speaks to you. Actually, he speaks to you all the time. Uh, sometimes you may not even hear it. Sometimes you just think it's, it was a nice thought. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you speak to us now, whatever our age or background uh, or experience of these things. Holy Spirit, would you come? Would you bring things to mind? 
Uh, we want to be able to grow in prophecy, <coughs> in hearing your voice, and being a blessing to other people. And we ask that the words you give us today would strengthen, encourage, and comfort somebody else. And we ask that in Jesus' name.